2: Everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and today's episode is brought to you by Net Health. And Net Health wants to talk to you about something important: patients and their outcomes. Specifically, how great it is when your whole practice is rallied around a solid outcomes management program. So, if you like to nerd out on this kind of talk, like I do, the best industry event around: outcomes management is happening from October 23rd to the 25th in Knoxville, Tennessee, and it's the Clinical Outcomes Summit. It is hosted by PHOTO, which is focused on therapeutic outcomes, but it's not just for PHOTO clients. It's a gathering of everyone who believes in the power of outcomes management to drive change for patients, clinicians, practices, and payers. And everyone listening to this podcast, get a steep discount on the registration. Just go to www.outcomesnerd.com Use the discount code Litzie, and the whole conference is $150, so definitely bring your entire team. All right, so talking about outcomes, on today's episode, we have a great example of a really good outcome of someone creating their own physical therapy practice, so I'm really happy to have on the show today Kelly Dugan. She is a physical therapist with over a decade of experience. In both inpatient and outpatient settings, she is the creator and owner of Physical Therapy U, a successful insurance-based physical therapy clinic in Bridgewater, Massachusetts. PTU is focused on changing the healthcare experience for their community with a focus on young athletes. Physical Therapy U is a hybrid clinic offering physical therapy, massage, and sports fitness trainings. Kelly uses this hybrid approach to combat the typical decline in revenue that most insurance-based outpatient clinics that are not tied to a hospital experience over time. Kelly is also a proud wife and mom of her three young children. She has worked hard to show that although the timing doesn't feel perfect, you can open a clinic at any time of life. Physical Therapy U was created during the three months after her third child's birth, while she also had a one-and-a-half-year-old and and three-year-old at home. Kelly encourages others to go after their dreams And although being in the spotlight causes significant anxiety, she continues to push herself forward so that others can see what is possible. In just three short years, Kelly has successfully tripled her small business from a 1,200-square-foot space to a 4,500-square-foot space without the need of tripling her patient visits. She enjoys sharing her highs and lows with others, as she does on today's podcast, so they can learn the best techniques even faster than she did. So I'm really happy that Kelly came on She talks about her story, she talks about how she can keep the quality of patient care high while having a successful hybrid practice, some marketing strategies that have exponentially grown her practice, top key performance indicators Kelly tracks to ensure her clinic meets its mission, and why your life vision should align with your daily life. So it was a great conversation. I want to thank Kelly for being so open and honest with all of us, and if you're interested in opening any type of hybrid practice, insurance-based practice, then this is going to be a great episode for you to listen
0: to. So enjoy.
1: Hey, Kelly, welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to have you on. Welcome.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: And today we're going to talk about your business, the growth of your business, I would say the very fast growth of your business over the past three years. So PTU opened its doors three years ago. It was you and your sister working 10 hours a week. And now let's fast forward to three years. You now have 17 employees, four PTs, one PTA. I mean, that's a a huge growth in three years. So I'm really excited for you to come on and let the listeners know how you did it. So let's first talk about how you started. So take it away.
0: Yeah, so how we started, um, I was actually nine months pregnant and trying to decide which direction I was going to go with things. Um, I had always been an employee that worked like around 30 hours a week and I would have one day off with my other kids. Um, And when we got pregnant with our third, we realized that financially that was not going to be an option anymore. I needed to work full time. Um, so I started looking at different options to do that, who I would work for, what I would want to do. Um, I've always really enjoyed um, the program development and the marketing aspect of physical therapy. Um, for me, that you know, I've always needed a creative outlet, and that was kind of my outlet in physical therapy. Um, but where I was and kind of what I was looking into, that wasn't going to be an option. Um, so it kept getting thrown around. Like, what about your own place? What about your own place? And so, finally, um, as the pregnancy progressed, I sort of started looking into it. So, what do, you, what do you do when you first start looking into stuff? You start googling it. So that's where this all came from—is kind of a few Google searches of like, oh, how, how's this gonna work? And um, what I did at the time. Um, was reach out to a few other people that were in my situation, parents of multiple kids that own their own practice to see. Um, Cause for me, that was the big hang up of, you know, this is going to take a lot of time away from my family. Am I mm-hmm. going to be okay with that? Um, and how, you know, how is that going to work with my family and work with myself and work with my kids in the future? So I reached out to a few other moms um, of multiple kids <clears throat> who had opened their own practices and I, you know, I got some feedback that I liked. I got some feedback that I didn't like. Um, and, you know, I kind of just hung on to the um, the words of advice from the people that said, go for it. And yeah, I think my son was like one month old when we finally um, committed. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to do this. And I think, um, and I always laugh about this, but I think that I was so massively pregnant. And then... <laughs> immediate postpartum that my husband was just like yeah whatever you want to do whatever that sounds great (laughs) whatever we have to do we'll find the money it's no you know and just kind of like on board and um so yeah we we started out really small um I found a clinic that allowed me to do um, a one-year lease because for me I was just preparing for well if it doesn't go well um what are my options I'll always have my license so you know, could I, where could I work if this doesn't go well and it doesn't build and it doesn't grow like I want it to grow. Um, so I found a clinic that did a one year lease. I looked at all the bare minimums of what do I need to make at the bare minimum. And I just, um, laid it all out. I, you know, I always say I'm not a huge numbers person, but I think owning your own practice turns you into one. Oh yeah. Um, so now I'm like all about the numbers and that's, You know, my mom took this photo of me sitting at my laptop, like, I don't know what I was doing, either making the website or trying to crunch the numbers, and I've got a coffee in one hand, one hand's on the mouse, and somehow I'm, like, balancing my newborn, like, on me, and it was just... You have
1: three hands! Yeah,
0: (laughs) it was just, like, very, um, kind of how my life was at that moment, and, um, yeah, for me, it was, it was, if I want to do what I'm really passionate about in PT, which is marketing program development in sports, then I have to create it myself because it's not there. Um, the option is not there for me. So it's mm-hmm. just figured out what I had to do to, to do it myself.
1: And I mean, to do all of this massively pregnant and then with a newborn, I mean, that is ballsy. Mm. Right? Yeah. Like that yeah. is no joke. I mean, I don't have children, so I, I don't know what that those first months are like, but I mean, and this was your third, it's not oh. like it was your first, you had two other children.
0: Yeah. I, I mean,
1: what a leap.
0: It it was. Um, and again, it was just kind of like, all right, it's, it's go big or go home. Like if we're going to do this and, um, I'm very much a determined person. If something is not there that I want, I'm going to create it or make it or somehow make it happen. And this was an opportunity for more time with my family in the Mm -hmm. long run. Mm -hmm. So in order for me to have more autonomy in the long run, um, it had to be done and it had to be created. And it was, um, you know, it was for me and it was for my family. And it was kind of like that, you know, you see like, the parent lift a car off their kid. You hear those stories. of It was that sort of situation. It was like, okay, here's this person with no business background who hates numbers. (laughs) Who's going to like create this massive thing because I have to, that was the option. So it had to be done, you know?
1: Yeah. And now let's sort of, so that's when you started three years ago. Right. So let's fast forward now to today where, like I said earlier, (coughs) seventeen employees, four PTs, one PTA. So can you break down for the listeners how you did that? Because that is massive growth and kudos to you.
0: Yeah. Thank you. First off. Um, yeah. So it's, it's funny because it wasn't, um, I didn't plan it that way. It's not like I was like, you know what? My three year plan is this and my five year plan is this and my 10 year plan is this. Um, again, I was like very naive going into it. So I thought, this is my plan. And this is where I'll be, you know, three years from now, if it's successful, I'll just stay in that same location. So we opened our doors in May. And in September, I looked at my sister, I'm like, well, this isn't gonna work. You know, we were in a 1200 square foot space. I immediate, you know, it took about a month and a half, but we went from you know, no patients to, I had a full schedule Mm. and I was prepared on the opposite end of that. Like I was prepared for, all right, maybe I'll have three days or whatever it is. Um, but we scaled really quickly. So starting in September, I started looking for additional staff and it took me until January to actually hire someone. So I would say anybody that's kind of in this position is just make sure you're preparing ahead of time for if it does go well. Um, because I did not. And um, so I hired someone in January and then I hired my second um, person in February. And that's when I said, okay, I'm not even going to make it to a year in this location. Like we need to expand. Um, So it was probably March. um, So not even one year in where I started looking into what does this location need to look like in order for it to be a success? Mm -hmm. Because the demand was there. Um, and I didn't want to, um, not provide the same service, um, for more people. Like, you know, you see clinics that end up getting stacked and they're booking people on top and the next person is just crazy and busy. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to still be able to provide the same level of service just for more people. So that meant expanding. So we, I started looking at, um, additional locations and, Um, how that was going to work and and started hiring and scaling is the big word that we used, but we scaled up um, from March when I started looking to the following March, when we moved into our new location, it was just kind of a slow scale. And I was lucky enough to find a team of people that um, understood the importance of where we were going um, and they were willing to, Um, adjust their hours as needed, but also work anywhere between like 28 and 40 hours as needed as we scaled. So for me, you know, I don't like to use the term I was lucky because I busted my ass for everything that I've Mm -hmm. done. But in the sense of hiring people um, in a kind of a team and a family that understood the importance of that, I was lucky. I mean, these, these people kind of worked as hard as I did. Um to get us to where we need to be, so that was good, because you don't always find that in in employees, you know,
1: yeah, for sure. And now, let's back up for a second. How did you go from zero patients to a full schedule? Right? Because that's what everybody wants to know. Mm-hmm. How do I get more patients on my schedule how do how do we let people know we're here and we're ready to help?
0: So um, yeah, you know i don't I don't like. I hustled, basically. So you and and whatever that term means to you, I know like the older generation are horrified by the use of that term, but um, I worked really, really hard, um, and I just networked and um, got my face everywhere. And, you know, I I think um, we've talked about this before, but I feel really uncomfortable when I'm um, talking in group settings or in front of people. I know, and
1: I don't get it because you're so good at it
0: thank you. Um, you know, the Facebooks lives, but again, it was the, um, there was a need to do, I knew that if I wanted to grow my practice, people had to know who I was. Um, and I had to be seen as kind of an authority in the PT world in my community. So in order to do that, you have to put yourself in front of people. So I was, um, putting myself in networking groups, putting myself in business associations, talking, volunteering to talk um, doing all these live videos and posting it to different groups, um, and doing all these things that were way outside of my comfort zone. Um, because I knew that people had to recognize me and my brand as, um, you know, as healers. So, um, on top of that, we did like a lot of, um, online marketing or I always say we, but I, I did a ton of online marketing, um, as well as, um, I did some print ads, not a lot because they're so expensive. But Uh what I did do, which I tell everyone to do because it's such a good idea, um, is the – I think it's everyday direct mailers is what it's called through the post office where you can either create a postcard or a letter and you can map out um, on the U.S. Postal Service website who you want to get your letter. And so within like a three-mile radius of my clinic, I sent out a postcard, which one side had who we were and what we did and um, the services we offered. And then on the other side, I did a um, a baseball schedule, right? Or you do a football schedule or basketball or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because for me, like when I get mail, I just, if it's junk, I throw it out unless it has a sports schedule on it and then it's on my fridge. And then I don't even know who these people are and they're on my fridge, the entire sports schedule. because it's the sports schedule. So I put it up there. So to put the sports schedule or whatever that is, you know, in your community, it goes right on people's fridges. And then every day they're opening the fridge and they see your logo and they see whatever it is you put on there. And um, that helped. And I, I, I did have a lot of patients that came to me because they got the flyers and they're like, Oh yeah, you're on my fridge.
1: Yeah, because don't they say it takes like X amount of touch points before someone will decide to pull the trigger and and make a
0: purchase, right? Exactly, exactly. So I did a ton of marketing, um, you know, and even, you know, the patients that we did have asking them. But I don't want to use this as like a a cop-out as to why we scaled so quickly, but, uh, you know, I also take insurance. So -hmm. that obviously is a lot easier than... um, Convincing people, you know, of your cash rate. But in the beginning, I wasn't contracted with every insurance. So I was actually seeing, you know, a handful of patients that were paying my out of pocket Mm -hmm. rates because I wasn't contracted with their insurance yet. So that was kind of cool.
1: Yeah. So you had a little bit of a hybrid in the beginning. And then, and now do you take all insurances in your area
0: or just a couple? I take most insurances. Okay. They're, they're, again, from the business side of things, there are a couple insurances that financially um, we wouldn't just lose money, but I'd lose like.
1: It just a doesn't lot make
0: sense. Yeah. yeah. It
1: so, just doesn't. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we can't take every insurance, but we do take most. Um, and then we do offer our, uh, you know, cash rate or a prompt pay rate if people don't want to use their insurance or some people don't even want to use their insurance benefit. So right. they choose, even though they have an insurance that we would contract with, they choose to still pay us a cash rate. Um, and then, you know, we have additional services since moving into our larger location that, um, cause again, PT insurance, um, it doesn't, unless you're really savvy is the word I'll use. It doesn't make good money Um, so we we basically we pay the bills and that's how we get by but if we want to make additional income so that you know my employees can get raises and we can buy new fun equipment um, we had to take on all these additional ancillary services in the new location
1: okay so what are these ancillary services because this is something that I think we really want to touch upon because Listen, not everyone has a cash-based service. I would say the majority of people, by and large, do not. Yeah. And that most physical therapy offices around this country take insurance. Mm. And like you said, sometimes the insurance does not reimburse a lot. I know in New York State, it's very, very low. Mm. So what ancillary services have you added? So again, kind of make that hybrid uh, practice.
0: Yeah. Um, so in our previous location, which was really small, um, what we did and it was on a much smaller scale, but we would hold classes every now and then. So we'd have, you know, a yoga class or a strength and conditioning class or something. Um, so every now and then we could, you know, get a little bump of money, um, in our new location, which is 4,500 square feet. Um, we're able to add in a lot more. So we, um, we're looking to make it a little more consistent, but we've had yoga. Um, I hired, so I didn't like rent out, but I, I hired a um, two massage therapists um, and they work on kind of like a per diem rate. Um, so they're not there all the time, but you know, when they have mm-hmm. clients. Um, so we've built up and that's really been a huge compliment to our physical therapy services not only for our patients, but for our therapists in kind of taking the load off of not having to do as much manual. Um, because if people are getting massages with it, it just helps that much more. Um, and then people are carrying over better. And, um, so that's been a benefit all around financially and for our patients and for our therapists. So we hired massage therapists and we, um, have a program that we call the elevation program so that um we all know that insurance doesn't cover everything right for physical therapy they don't really cover the sport-based stuff or transitioning someone back to crossfit or whatever it is it's not always covered within their plan um and then you know there are also insurances that cut you off after 16 Uh visits or at 90 days um so what we did was kind of bridge the gap there between Physical therapy and a patient's return to sport or return to their full activity. So, we created something called like an elevation plan where people can purchase it um, on a monthly basis, you know, similar to how you would purchase a gym membership. um, And the elevation plans include, you know, PT visits, um, massages, and um, an exercise prescription by a personal trainer, which um, one of our rehab aides is. Uh, personal trainer so we utilize her and kind of kick people off um, with this really great program and it's really meant to be a transitional program so people will do it for a month or two and then um, then they have the confidence um, in order to get back to sport or gym or um, whatever it is they wanted to do and maybe they're not getting back to but maybe they're starting it for the first time so we have yoga we have the elevation plan we have massage and we do um, like sport performance clinics. So, um, you know, sometimes we do two-hour ones. We just had a dance one for our dancers. Um, sometimes we do, um, you know, like a six-week program for our youth athletes. We we um, are really focused on, um, at the new location, kind of like my big thing was, okay, you know, I love to work with athletes. I think it's an underserved population, the youth athlete I yep. think, they get lost in the shuffle. So that was for us kind of a big um, part of what we're trying to do with PTU. So we have all these programs for our youth um, for flexibility, coordination, um, the things that the coaches can't necessarily allocate time for in their um, practices. We, again, are just trying to bridge the gap and support where there is a need. So we created all these programs. So all of that is additional money that helps to run our insurance based practice.
1: Fabulous. And I love the sports performance for, for kids because you're right. That is not something that is widely, uh, widely used, you know, kids go to, they go to their practice, they do their sport and then that's it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I see a lot of kids in my practice having very adult injuries, ACL injuries, you know, knee pain, uh, torn labrums, things like that. So I think what a great idea. And then it's also great for your marketing because then you have the kids coming in, the parents know you're there. So if something happens to anyone in the family, they're gonna come to you because they already know you, like you and trust you.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, I think you know. Um, with having like kind of the youth athlete as your main um, population, you know they can't drive themselves, right. so someone has to bring them, whether it's a parent or an aunt, or um, you know. And then they're exposed to your facility too, and exposed to what you do. And um, I think once they see that you're providing something different, um, that's of quality, and in the services there, the customer service is there um it, it just spreads like wildfire
1: so we spoke about what you did to get patients in the beginning how mm. you've expanded and how you've expanded so quickly which is all awesome now can you tell us did you have any were there any mistakes any mm. pitfalls along the way that you
2: that you can share and on that note we're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor and be right back with kelly's answers Let's talk about something important, patients and their outcomes. If you love to nerd out on this kind of talk like
1: I do, the best industry event around outcomes management is happening from October 23rd
2: to the 25th, and it's the Clinical Outcomes Summit. It's hosted by photo, but it's not just for photo clients. It's a gathering of everyone who believes in the power of outcomes management to drive change for patients, clinicians, practices, and payers. And the best part, healthy,
1: wealthy, and smart podcast listeners get a steep discount on the registration. The full summit pass is only $150. At that rate, go ahead and bring your entire team go to www.outcomesnerd.com and use the discount code LITZY. That's L-I-T-Z-Y. Hope to see
0: you there. I mean, there's always um, pitfalls. So, yeah, I, I mean, if I had known, I probably would have done differently. Um, the the billing aspect of things, in the beginning, we, we outsourced, which was fine because, it again, it wasn't like... I was learning so much at the time. Anyways, it's not like I could learn another skill of, of the billing side of things. Uh So I outsourced, um, but we lost a lot of money in outsourcing. Um, and I think not only did we lose a lot of money, but I think there was a lot of opportunity for me to have learned more about why we bill and what we bill and, um, that aspect of things that i just wasn't paying attention to for the first year and a half i was just kind of billing out and assuming that everything was fine and coming back fine and in it and, it and it was fine it was just once we decided to take on billing and hire someone the learning curve there of of what we're billing how much we're billing why we're billing it what we get paid I learned a lot in those first like six months of bringing on billing that in hindsight, probably should have just figured out like how I could have done that earlier on. Mm -hmm. Um, Because once we took it on and we started learning more about what, you know, actually pays and what doesn't pay, we were able to make some adjustments in um, in what we do to make more money through insurance. Um, so that was definitely kind of a big eye opener for me, um, switching from outsourcing billing to taking it on. Great.
1: Yeah. Know your billing, know where your money's coming from, where it's going and why some things are being paid and others are not. And I mean, the list can go on and on, right?
0: Exactly. Exactly. So yeah,
1: that's great advice for people who are wanting to start their own practice, especially in an insurance uh, based practice.
0: Yeah. And a lot of those outsourcing companies, they will train you and they're, you know, that's an option. I just kept saying, ah, I'm like, like, that's one more thing I don't need to know. And it was like, once I learned it, I'm like, what what was I doing? Why did I not want to know any of this This is so important Start making more money. So Right. And now what are the things that you
1: look at now? So in business, you know, we talk about key performance indicators or KPIs. So what are the, let's say for you and your business, what are the three most important KPIs that you look at?
0: For me, it's, it's, we look at um, cost per visit. Uh, So obviously you're looking at what you make per visit, because that's important. Uh But for me, I'm looking at cost per visit. And obviously I want that to be lower than what we make per visit because my overhead is so high um, our cost per visit is a bit higher um, which is why in in going to the new location and tripling si- tripling in size um, it's funny because a lot of like insurance based PT clinic owners were like no like that doesn't like you can't do that um, it's not gonna work um, insurance doesn't pay enough money for that um, model to work. That's why people don't do it. And I just kept going back to like, yeah, but it's a service to our patients. It's exactly what they need. And somehow we're going to figure out how to make it work because it's, it's what people want and it's, it's going to just provide so much for them. So I look at, um, a huge one for me is cost per visit because it's high. Um, but we want it to be below that what we make per visit. So Uh I'm looking at cost per visit, and then I'm looking at, well, how can I make that lower? Um, I pay attention a lot to, like, how many um, elevation plans we're selling in a month, how many massages we're selling in a month, because, again, that is going to bring down that cost per visit for me. I used to focus on, um, you know, the average amount of visits we were getting out of people. But over time, and it's been similar over time, so it's not like I'm like you know worried about it. But like I don't want my therapist to be aware that, all right, we need um, we need every patient to have twelve visits because that's yeah. what we need financially. You know, you don't want someone's um, treatment to be affected by the bottom line. Absolutely, um, so absolutely I, correct. Yeah. So, I track it, but I don't, um, that's not something I share with my employees or even try and like, oh, we got to get that to, you know, 13 visits or 14 visits. Because, isn't it, I mean, it's a wonderful thing if you can get somebody better within four visits or six visits, because then they're going to, you know, talk about, oh my God, I felt better in six visits. So, you don't want to focus on those numbers. So, I think, you know, you do see that number listed a lot when people are talking about key performance indicators and how many. Um, visits you're getting out of your plan of care. But I think going into it and and focusing on that number is not a good thing for us as PTs.
1: It incentivizes the wrong thing. Right. I think what you're doing is you're incentivizing patient care. Yeah. Versus incentivizing patient visits. Yeah. Those are two very different things. More visits doesn't equate better care. It just equates more visits.
0: Yep, exactly. Exactly. Um, and we've talked a lot about in, in talking to my coworkers and stuff of, all right, well, what do we have to do? How many visits do we need to do? Um, and how many massage appointments do we need? How many elevation plans do we need so that we continue to deliver the level of care that we're delivering? I don't want to change my business model to seeing a patient every half hour. Um, or, you know, forcing that sort of um, way to hit our bottom line. I'd rather have it, Oh, you know, can we get more people in, can we do another performance clinic? Can we, you know, add in yoga again? Like, how can we add additional services? Because you hate to really, like, turn into a mill to hit your numbers. Yes. Um, You know, so for us, that's always okay, you know we, we need to encourage more people to you know sign up for massage or maybe we need another deal because we're getting close to that number of uh, we're not gonna you know make our minimum requirements and and we don't want to change our model we don't want to change the level of care we're able to provide to people so I think the therapists knowing that they are getting um, so much better with like, um, you know, wanting to do these additional programs and wanting our patients to do these additional programs. So it's been good in that sense, you know, and I I have heard from other business owners that, um, and other PTs that they'll bonus, you know, PTs get a bonus if they hit their productivity numbers. I think that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm like, that's not what we want to do at all. You know, it's like, it's just again, it's the quality of care and it's then the PTs just thinking about their numbers and not, am I getting people better? Exactly.
1: And then um, you have PTs saying, oh, I can work through lunch or I'll, mm-hmm. I'll stay later or I'll come in earlier because they're just so focused. I mean, let's be honest, a lot of PTs are type A, right? So they yeah. are so focused on hitting this this arbitrary number to get a bonus, right? So let's mm-hmm. say they get a thousand dollar bonus. Well, Break that thousand dollar bonus down to all the overtimes coming in early and lunches that you work through. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That thousand dollar, two thousand dollar bonus that it it doesn't equate to what you're making per hour.
0: Right. Exactly. And then,
1: and then it just I think it's a a great way to burn out your therapist.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Um, but I, and and I'm not sure. Is the care better? Is it not better? I don't know. That I can't say. But
0: yeah.
1: I think it's, like we said, it's just incentivizing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. glad you brought that up. Are there, is there any other um, big KPI that you look at regularly and that forces you to maybe change the way your business is being run?
0: Not really. I mean, I look at a lot of stuff just to monitor for myself. Um, You know, I look at average codes um, per treatment, you know, and are we in line with the national average? Um, You know, how can we make that in line with the national average while still um, providing the quality care that we're providing? Um, Yeah, I mean, there's nothing that I... uh, Again, it's a lot of stuff that I look at to adjust kind of the behind the scenes stuff, but nothing that I would want my therapist to be concerned with, I guess. Got
1: it. Yeah. And what about cancellations, no shows? Yeah. That always, we, that's always one that everybody always touts as being a big one, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean we we track that and if it starts to get higher than like um, you know, a certain number, we we're like, "Okay, what's happening?" but mm-hmm. we have things in place that um kind of limit the amount of cancels and no shows. You know, we do our reminder calls. We um, you know, people that are dropping off, patients that drop off. We use like a um automate, automated email system. We use we're integrated with Strive. So we use Strive, but I know some people use um oh see infusion soft. Yeah. Um so we yeah. use
1: Infusion Soft's very expensive.
0: Yeah. Strive. I love Strive it's really user friendly. Um, and the customer service has been awesome. And it, it's, you don't have to like build your own sort of stuff. It's, you know, you create your own content and all of that, but you don't have to like be a computer genius to use it. Um, so it's always good. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: And is, is strive, is that strive labs through web PT or is that
0: yeah, uh, yeah, we were using them before they were integrated with WebPT, and, and they, they do work with, you know, if you don't use WebPT, I believe, um, you know, um, but I, I do use WebPT, yeah.
1: Cool, very cool. And now, let's talk about, so we talked about where you came from, where you're at, what you're looking at, how you're growing. So now, where do you see yourself going in the next three years?
0: Yeah, uh, so, you know, I'm always thinking about that. But, you know, one of my biggest struggles I would say right now is is because we're so busy is just like, how do I get through the day? How do I get through the day? And I would say a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, what am I doing? Like all of my energy is focused on how am I getting through today and this week? And I'm not thinking of kind of the long term. And every time we have either a student or someone interview, they're like, what's the long term plan for PTU? I'm like, well, you know, I don't really know. Um, you know, people ask because for me it was I opened PTU because I wanted that creative outlet. You know, I wanted to support our athletes, but I wanted autonomy and I wanted time with my family. Um, and I'm starting to get that. So I don't want to, you know, I it's not in the cards for the next three years to expand to another location. It's just to get this PTU central location successful in the insurance world. And um, you know, I'd like to be able to give everybody raises and all of that. So I want the next three years is figuring out how do we make this insurance hybrid model um, successful so that we can, um, you know, give people raises and continue to treat at the level that we're treating Um, and you know, so that I can get the time that I I wanted with my family. And then if, if we're able to do all of that in three to five years, maybe, you know, I've talked about adding on a second location, but I don't even want to think about it because I'm, again, like you mentioned, a lot of PTs are type A. I'm so type A that if I decide that I want to have a second location, I can't say, well, I'm going to do it in five years. Like, it'll be here in six months. Like, that's right. just how my... I work. So I just, I want to keep putting that off. And for right now, it's just PTU. It's our central location. I want it to be, you know, successful. And when I say successful, you know, I I don't want to sugarcoat it. I want it to be lucrative. I want it to be a business that makes money. Of course
1: Um, you got, why wouldn't you, you have a business. What other, in what other business world, I say outside of like PT, the healing world, Do people say, I really hope it's successful? Yeah. Like, of course you want – or like, yeah, I still want to make money, though. Well, yeah. 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 Like, that's – you started your own business for some freedom, for the ability to be with your family, to help the people in your community, and to make money. You didn't start a business to not make money. You didn't start a non-for-profit, which is a totally different world. Exactly. So, like, if you opened up a clothing store, you wouldn't be like, man, I just – I just hope I can make money one day. Of course yeah. not.
0: Yeah. It's funny because it's the PT struggle. You know, it's it like, oh, I just want to support my patients. But, you know, you have to put on that business owner hat and be like, well, we need to make money to support our patients. So That's,
1: that's right. Like, it's It's your responsibility to yeah. make money so that you can be present in your neighborhood and that yeah. you can be present in your community and help people. Because if you didn't make any money, you'd have to close your doors. And all those people who depend on you, what do they do then?
0: Yeah. Exactly. So in three years, you know, I I want, um, you know, hopefully two more PTs is like the goal, you know, and I'd like to have that within the next year. Um, And I want one of those PTs to take over the performance side of things, because I feel like um, that's one area that we can continue to grow and we could have, you know, we could constantly be hosting some sort of sport related um, supportive, you know, group or, or clinic or camp or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't have time to plan all that. So I want to hire, I want one of my PTs to kind of take over the performance um, therapy side of things. So
1: smart, very smart. Well, it sounds like you have a good plan in place. And and I love the fact that you said, you know, I just want to make this into a well-oiled machine. Mm. This is what I want. Yep. And that's amazing because not everything, like you said, not everything has to be scaled to infinity. Exactly. Right? I mean, knowing knowing where you are in life and knowing what you want and knowing how you want to live your life. And if you can achieve that, yep. achieve those goals within the parameters that you have, it just has to be like you said, little tweaks here and there. I think that's amazing. So congratulations on, um, such a huge, huge change in three years.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And I want to actually you bring that up. and I want to say something to that because um i think again pt's as kind of type a and especially pt's coming out of school we are so um on this really really like fast train of of trying to be successful and achieve our goals and um for pt's a lot of t- a lot of people are so focused on their career and their career ladder and their career growth and How do I, you know, my career career. And I think, you know, I just want to say a reminder to people to kind of pull yourself away from that for a second and just think like, what do I want out of my life? What are my life goals? Right. Um, Is it that I want to travel more? Is it that I want to have a lot of money? Is it that I want more time with my family? Um, Whatever it is for you. Think about that for you know a few minutes, and then think about okay, so how does PT fit into that? Um, And not the opposite way of like, let me like reach the top of this career ladder, and then like, well, what is is PT is my life or like, where am I now? Um, So just pull yourself away from that and think of, you know, like for me it was. And and it might take a life event for you to figure out that. Like for me, it was having my third kid, and like, wait a minute, what the hell am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was okay. I want more time with my family. How do I do that? How does PT fit into that? Um, and I just want to encourage more people to do that because I think, as Type A people, we get so obsessed with um, climbing this kind of career ladder that, you know, we can get lost in it.
1: And great advice. And I I am in this. Um speakers group which is really a bit of an entrepreneurial group as well and the woman who runs it, Tricia Brooke at one of our first sessions she had us write out kind of what do you want your legacy to be Mm. and that's if you think about that you're doing exactly what you just said you know you're putting forth what do you want your legacy in this world to be Mm. Right. And it sounds like for you, it was to, you know, be with your family, to have an influence over your children and to have that be such a great legacy. Have your children, your family be your legacy, have the community that you're in be your legacy. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I didn't hear from you is for PTU to be your legacy. No, Yeah right it was i want to i want i want to make a change in my community and my family and that's the legacy ptu is part of the way i do that exactly but it's not everything exactly yeah yeah excellent advice and now i feel like i'm going to ask you this last question but you might have might have just answered it um but uh the question is given where you are now life career what advice would you give yourself as a new grad out of PT school?
0: Take jobs that you have fun at. If it's not fun at the end of the day, if you didn't laugh, um, if you didn't enjoy yourself, get out of that situation sooner than later. I think I held on to certain things um, knowing that they were good for my career and I should have let go of them sooner. So,
1: Excellent advice. Couldn't agree more. And now where can people find you and the clinic if they want more info or they want to talk shop with you?
0: Um, so I am on my website is PTUClinic.com. Um, my, the email is PTUClinic at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm not on there too often, but I'm on Facebook pretty regularly and my clinic is on Instagram. So any of those realms reach out If if it's something that you're thinking of doing, Um, I love talking with, um, people that are thinking about opening their own clinic. Um, you know, I, I love to just encourage, I think, you know, if it's something that you want to do, then to go out and do it and, um, yeah, reach out to me. I'd love to be of any help if that's, um, what you're looking for.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for coming on and sharing your entrepreneurial journey. I think you gave a lot of people a lot of help today. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. And I hope I hope we encourage some people today.
1: Yeah, I hope so too. Thanks so much and everyone out there listening, thank you so much for
2: listening. Have a great couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy and smart. Well, a huge thank you to Kelly for being open and vulnerable and honest and sharing all of her ups and downs and how she did what she did and where she is at this moment in time so thank you so much and of course thank you to net health for sponsoring today's podcast so if you want to be at the clinical outcomes summit october 23rd to the 25th in knoxville tennessee you'll hear success stories and case studies from your peers about leveraging outcomes data for deep patient engagement thoughtful business practices clinician education optimizing revenue and more it is hosted by photo but it's not just for photo clients please make sure you know that healthy wealthy and smart podcast listeners get a steep discount on the registration the full summit pass is only 150 dollars, so you can bring your whole crew with you go to outcomesnerd.com and use the discount code litzy
1: thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com And don't forget to follow us on social media.